0: This podcast is sponsored by Thermo.io. Stay tuned for more information about them later in the show. Welcome to the Voices of the Elephant podcast. Each episode of Voices of the Elephant brings you an interview with a member of the PHP community. From project leaders to user group organizers, we talk to the people that are helping make the PHP community special. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Voices of the Elephant. My name is Cal Evans. I'm your host. We're here in Austin, Texas, at the very first Longhorn PHP. I got it right. I didn't say. I didn't say. Um, Lone Star, yeah. made that mistake a few times. <laughs> Just a few. My special guests today are Niels Aderman. Did I say that hey, right? Yeah, that's right. And Jordi Bujano. Yep. And we're going to talk about PHP Unit. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I, I've always told people there are um, three things that have revolutionized the way PHP developers code. XDebug, PHP Unit, and Composer. Those are the, the three things in the past 10 years, 15 years, that have literally changed how we do things. And you guys are responsible for Composer. So, the first thing I want to talk about is um, how'd you come up with the idea? You know, what, what, said, what said to you, hey, we need a package manager for PHP?
1: Uh, so, I think we came from uh, two uh, different uh, places. So, I'll start kind of with my part, okay. uh, where I was working on PHPBB, the mm-hmm. Baltimore software uh, at the time. And there was a plan to move all of this onto the Symphony framework, uh, either completely or use some of the components, um, and to create a new plugin system that would be more flexible than uh, the existing kind of I don't know manual patching that was pretty common (laughs) around those days. Um, So uh, along with that, of course, we had to figure out a way to install these plugins. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I went to some of these Symphony conferences with this idea in head that we have to build a plugin system, and that's where I ended up meeting Jordi with the concept Um, and.
2: Yeah, well, I was in the in the Symfony core team at the time, so I was a bit the same problem. Like we just needed uh, something to install plugins. Like we had this bash script that would, you know, just do a bunch of <laughs> git clones, and that wasn't scaling very well, especially in terms of dependency management and so on. That's true. Um, yeah. So yeah, we we just like sat down together at some point. Uh, there was like Fabian was also involved in the, in the discussions early on and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just needed to be done. Let's see. I
0: do <laughs> not know why, but I did not realize that um, that this grew out of the symphony community. I, I I thought it was just an independent. Hey, let's get, we got a wild idea. Um, I I mean, it was kind of the place and time, but it wasn't
1: really you know tied to symphony specifically, yeah. right? Yeah. So it just happened to be where we were meeting at this point. But it mm-hmm. became very clear to us quite soon that. This thing that at first we were thinking of as a kind of tool to install maybe these Symfony bundles, because Symfony 2 was just new around that time, mm-hmm. um, or maybe PHP BB plugins was really kind of this generic thing that anyone working with PHP could do, so we tried very much not to, you know, build anything specific to those things in there, because yeah. really this could be a helpful tool to anyone working with PHP.
0: Well, and it's a testament that to what you've built, that um, most of the major frameworks now use Composer to install not only the framework, but I know Zen Framework has a skeleton application and uh, most of them uh, Symfony, I know um, Paul Jones with um, Aura is, is working hard to break everything up into small chunks. Matthew Wirofini is breaking everything into individual packages and we're getting away from the monolithic, and uh, which is great. I, I know um, I work at Nexus and when Travis fires up to do CI for hours, the longest portion of it is the composer install because we now, we don't use a framework, but we install 70, 75 individual packages and That's just such a freedom, you know? I'm not making a joke, although it is funny, okay, I gotta watch this stupid thing every time, but the freedom it gives me, I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't have to install Zen Framework and assume that I can only use what Zen Framework gives me. I can pick and choose, and I, I can't tell you the last time I wrote something in a Framework because of Composer. I think that was very much uh, what we were thinking about at the time as well, that
1: it'd be great to be able to use the same tool to install like, these external things. I think mm-hmm. it was something that Symphony 2 really early on, they kind of said, you know, we're not going to be this thing that you have to build everything with Symphony components, like cool. with Symphony bundles, mm-hmm. but we're going to be fine with using some external libraries. I don't remember exactly what these were really early on and some of that may have changed later. Uh, but part of the idea was that you know you should really be able to combine things from different places and so that was very much what inspired composers you know i guess uh flexibility or that the uh, not being tied to one specific framework so that it's not this installer for this framework, but rather just a tool that you can use to compose, assemble your applications from lots yeah. of different pieces.
0: Well, it's very cool. And and now we're even seeing uh, Drupal and WordPress and some of the major CMSs start to adopt it. And um, you're rolling your eyes to various levels of success. <laughs> um, I yeah. I know, I, I do a lot of work in WordPress. I love WordPress, okay? and um, But the problem I have is the more plugins, that, or the, yeah, the more plugins that start using Composer, the more I get the, um, I, I can't install this, or I can't use this because some other plugin has installed a different version of the same library and stuff like that. Right. So I'm, I'm hoping there's some solution for this down the pipe. But that's
2: because they don't, really have it at the central, like WordPress is not using it, right? yeah. it's like within the plugins themselves, they're right. like each having a, a little composer microcosm there, and yeah, I think that's that's the issue, is that in the WordPress world, it seems to be pushed by the community versus, mm-hmm. let's say in Drupal, for example, it was more a push from the, the core developers, Yeah. and the community was actually like pushing back a little bit in the <laughs> beginning, I think. Um, yeah, so it's, it's varying degrees of adoption still in, in those, like, CMSs, I guess. But I think on the framework side, pretty much everyone is using it at this yeah. point. So.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm so glad to see that because it does make life uh, a lot easier. Um, now, speaking of that, the natural progression of that, of Composer seems to be um, that you've developed a, a system called Packagist. And it, it amuses me that anytime I type pa- just Packagist into Chrome, Google doesn't take me to packages. Google brings me up a little form. Oh, what are you searching for? We'll we'll help you with this, you know, and submit it to y'all automatically. Um, You've reached that level. Um, Talk to us a little bit about the evolution of packages. How did it become, and where do you see that going? Um, (laughs) So, I mean... It, it came
2: up pretty early on because while well, it was clear that we needed something to you know to, to track like to keep track of all the packages mm-hmm. and like you, you need this central repository I think to Well, to discovery the, is always the hard thing in yeah that's, that's the thing like yeah. it's it's really you can't just say hey you know like add this list of git repositories that you're interested in that's just it's really yeah like it's it's too much of a hassle um so yeah we built that really together with Composer from the from the ground up, I would say. Mm. And uh, I mean, what the next steps are, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, there, there are definitely a few things we could do, I think, like, you know, a few features or something. Like, one we were discussing was this, uh, this possibility to get, like, pings whenever a new package is released or, like, oh. a new version. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we have so many, like, external services at this point which are calling, like, the entire list of packages every day, oh. which at this point is like two hundred thousand almost. So, yeah, know, it's not that bad. But yeah, they are, they are like, you know, some kind of pub sub system um, would would go a long yeah. way. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense to crawl the whole list every day, if yeah, because most of them are not changing at all. Like, a lot of this stuff is abandoned, and yeah, so that that would be one thing, for example. That would that be a would,
0: good idea. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, I
1: I think one thing that as we were building this was just important I guess the name because I mean you talk about Composer and we talk about packages now Mm -hmm. and I think that's one of these things that was very important to me from the beginning on was that we actually name these two things separately that uh, we don't make the mistake that I well from my perspective this is a mistake that a lot of other package managers have made that I guess peer in the past had made in the PHP world where people confuse these two things with each other or you can see this in the JavaScript world a bit where NPM is both the the tool that you're using to install packages mm-hmm. and it's also this public registry where all the packages are. Very good. And it becomes difficult to kind of talk about you know what what exactly do you mean when you say NPM? Yeah. Like is it like the one or the other thing because people who use Yarn they're still using NPM it's just they're using like the other part of NPM. Um, so I think that's something that was very important to us as we were naming these things. They actually use different names for a Packagist and Composer. So Composer really is this client that can connect to a lot of different types of repositories, and packages. Just is like the one default one that everyone can submit something to. Very cool, uh, very I, I cool. I guess that's just more backstory of the name.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's uh, very interesting. Um, what is the lesson that you've learned? There's always, anytime I talk to somebody and they've built a major system, they always come out going, yeah, I'll never do X again or I learned I should do Y. What's the lesson you learned with I, Composer? I feel
1: like Jordi should answer this one because <laughs> the talk that he's been
0: giving at this conference
1: <laughs>
2: is uh, focused on just that. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice way to kick the ball my way. Um, I mean, it's also a 45 minutes talk, so how do I <laughs> boil that down to one sentence? Right? uh I think I would say one interesting thing which I didn't mention in the talk actually but uh, that I think went well um, is that we namespaced everything from the get go mm. like so you have vendor namespaces for the, the package names and that's also something that was kind of interesting like looking at NPM how they, they kind of had to introduce this with this like at notation and like and you see that they yeah they, they've had some growing pains there with you know a million people like trying to submit the same package with <laughs> the same name and, and they all have like super generic names so it's it's kind of this, this uh, land rush for yeah how many pad names. string lefts
0: do you actually need you know
2: <laughs> yeah so so I think that's something that went well um, something that didn't go so well I'm not sure I mean <laughs> there were probably many hurdles along the way <laughs> but <laughs> like I, I can't think
0: of really one
2: okay. major thing I would say that I don't know Well,
0: let me ask you this: Um, Having built a major tool that has a not only the entire PHP community using it, but has a a community of its own, um, how has managing a community of that size affected how you build this tool in the future, Hmm. or has it affected it?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's like the the size of the community definitely is a a huge factor because yeah you, t- you you end up having to deal with lots of issues that you know that uh, are kind of like fringe problems mm-hmm.
0: um <laughs> <laughs> i think <laughs> I've stumped <Yeah>. the band <laughs> yeah it's, I mean it's like
1: it influences your like everyday work but you seldomly do you take the time to actually take a step back and think about this as a as a whole right yeah. you, mm-hmm. you're you always like this is the current list of issues this is what kind of seems important this is what doesn't seem so important but mm-hmm. I think uh, you know we've been doing this for quite a few years now and I think these days especially Georgie who takes like the time to sit down for a few days and goes through a couple of hundred issues to prepare the next release huh. um, you know you you kind of don't really see this from a distance of like how does this actually impact your work but i think i mean personally i think what we did right to a large degree and what's really important in managing this is to exactly like realize that specific issues they they may be problems for some people but that they're not you know going to improve the product if we just fix this one thing for this one person because it's just going to end up making it more complicated so i think a lot of the time with composer we've tried to not add too many things to try to say no to things Um, And we introduced the plug-in system a few years back to make it possible for these people who have very specific niche problems Mm -hmm. to still build a solution for themselves without it negatively impacting the complexity
0: for everyone else. That's Um, an excellent answer, yeah. Hey, uh, let's pause real quick for a word from our sponsor simply because we do appreciate them investing in our podcast. Thermo.io is something new. Thermo gives developers the ability to innovate. They give you the power to create and destroy. They give you your own sandbox to play in so that you can build your next castle. Thermo provides high availability cloud computing for you to use as you see fit. The environments are priced by the hour, so you only pay for what you use. The Thermo control panel allows you to build, rebuild, grow and shrink your environments on the fly. Here's the thing that sets Thermo apart from its competitors. Thermo support is available anytime you need them. The team is ready for your questions when you have them, not just when support is open. Visit their website today at thermo.io and start building your next great project. And we're back. Okay, you've built an open source tool. You've built an open source repository. Now it's time to cash in. You've got got step (laughs) one, collect underwear question mark. Profit. Um, you know, seriously, um, you, you've actually done this in a way that I just I, I find. F- Fascinating, and um, hope that it catches on because I think it's a brilliant idea you've created. And I was really looking f- when I asked you earlier, um, f- you know, for what the name was. I was looking for something, you know, clever and stuff like that. You just call it private packages, so which I guess it delivers what it what it calls. So yeah, I think it's just the most straightforward explanation
1: for what it is because it is basically what packages is for the entirety of the PHP community, privately for your own company. Mm-hmm. Um, So, as I was saying, you know, Jordi takes time for like several days to go through issues to prepare a release and over time it's kind of become clear that there's got to be a way to finance this because yes, you can do this kind of on the side and yes, maybe this helps you along with like your freelance jobs, but it's not really sustainable to keep doing that as a, you know, getting closer and closer to like a full-time job or something, I mean, Mm -hmm. um, in the long run. So, we decided that we should come up with some way of financing the source project. Um, and so that's what private packages is, which is uh, a service on top of the tools that we've already built that are open source that's useful to businesses mm-hmm. so that um, the companies that end up making large amounts of money uh, with the PHP work that they do that benefit from Composer um, have a way of getting some additional functionality that's useful just for them, uh, which they then pay us for, uh, part of which we can then use to actually pay for continued maintenance of the project
0: so um i'll use nexus as an example because we have several um private libraries but i don't know that we i don't think we use private packages at this point but we could take our packages and host them on your site and then include them into any of our projects just like i included anything else or any other of the public packages and when i do travis I can connect it to my Travis, and when I do my deploys, I can do it, use it for my deploys as well. Uh, right, exactly. So we do uh, s- synchronization and integration with your GitHub,
1: Bitbucket, GitLab, or really anything okay. other repository that you have. Automatically detect all the packages that you have in there, just by seeing the Composer JSON setup, webhooks, and so on, and then you end up with something very much like packages, which you simply use as a single repository in all your Composer JSONs, and then mm-hmm. all the packages that you have internally show up in there. Okay. Without having to manage like individual repositories listed for each of their uh, packages that you're using if you're currently doing this with the Git repositories directly. Yeah. Um, it's also a lot faster because just like packages, it actually generates all the JSON metadata so that when you run a Composer update or install, that's ready there and it doesn't have to first clone the repository, look through all the tags to find which versions are available. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really easy to set up because we do all this integration work so that usually it just kind of shows up all your packages out of the box without further configuration and then you just set up uh, authentication with a single command and then from that point on you can use our packages uh, that you have in your private repositories just the same way as you're used to with packages.org
0: now we use I, I keep saying we use 70 75 packages bunch of them um, great packages can I clone those and put them in my private repo at a certain level so that this will never change until I tell it to change? Uh, So that's exactly
1: what uh, private packages does automatically, actually. So the first time around that you run a Composer update with uh, the private packages repository, Mm -hmm. it'll mirror all the open source dependencies that you're using. So in your private packages, you will actually have both your private packages from your own sources Mm -hmm. and a list of all the mirror packages that you are using. Um, and that's limited to actually the packages that you as an organization are using which means that again it speeds up things like a composer update install in the future uh, because it doesn't have to look through everything that's on packages but just the packages that you're using you can then further configure this to um, define who can actually add new merit repositories so that you can kind of review them before you add them in there ah. um, to kind of give you a little bit extra security I guess if you want to manually review packages before you decide to add them to the availability in your organization. Now
0: um, I've worked with some very long Large organizations, mainly as a um, doing doing PHP training, but you know organizations that have two, three hundred PHP developers. Um, I could use pa- um, private packages to control what can actually be installed, so that I've got a list of these are the approved packages you can use. And if you, if it's not in here, somebody's going to somebody with a, um, with access is going to have right. to install it before you can actually use it. So I can control. Exactly. Yeah. What, and, can, and review the stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah, you basically in that case you would disable this automatic process of mirroring, where we just do this during a composer update, mm-hmm. um, and limit restrict this to people with their respective permissions, so that they can manually say this particular package can now be mirrored in our private packages, mm-hmm. and that from that point on, anyone in your organization can use this particular open source project. Uh, so that's exactly one of the features.
0: That's phenomenal. Um, I, I see a, a, a great future in that. I hope that um, you're getting a lot of adoption. Um, we'll throw a link into the show notes to packages.com so that exactly. people can... Easy uh, enough, just like the open source one, but with .com, .com. Of .org. <laughs> so that they, they can get more information because I see this as a, um, a, a vital tool uh, going forward. I think one
1: uh, one thing I'd like to mention there is just a mm-hmm. new feature that we're going to uh, publish in yeah. the next couple days, uh, which is more focused around companies that are selling PHP packages. So I mm-hmm. guess this usually happens in like the surroundings of some of the like, plug-in vendors for certain CMS's e-commerce tools, um, who are still very much stuck in this age of having zip files that they then send to their customers (laughs) when they're you know selling one of these plugins Uh, so we're trying to make that easier too so that their customers can install these packages with composer Um, so two private packages will add this new option where you can kind of manage external customers Mm. uh, and grant them access to specific packages to specific versions of them uh, get some analytics of uh, which of these versions are being used by which customers um, to kind of make this whole process a bit easier, because that seems like a one place where Composer really hasn't caught on yet as much as in other areas of PHP.
0: Yeah. Hey, um, I want to thank you all for being a guest on Voices of the Elephant t- today. I uh, appreciate you all taking time out of your conference schedule. I want to thank the audience for being with us, and we will see you right here next week on Voices of the Elephant. Thanks for listening to Voices of the Elephant. Voices of the Elephant is copyright EICC Incorporated and released under a Creative Commons, attribution, no derivatives, share and share alike license. To nominate someone to be a guest on Voices of the Elephant, visit our website and click on the nominate link. The URL is voicesoftheelephant.com. Elephant is, of course, spelled E-L-E-P-H-P-A-N-T.